sure. I don't know what you meant by that, but okay, we'll go with it. The Pit Pass Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Pit Pass Podcast. Uh, my name is Donovan Ross. I'm with my main man, Tate Heller. Say hi, Tate. Hi. <laughs> All right, good stuff. All right, so uh, in typical Don and Tate fashion, we took our sweet old time to find a podcast name like a lot, like a lot, about a week, honestly, and then a vigorous hour and a half this evening. So this podcast is going to be automotive based, um, primarily around forms of racing. Uh, I would assume now we will venture off into other topics that are also automotive related, um, as we go along, but you know, we'll see where the whole road takes us. And, uh, yeah, Tate, what do you got to add to that? Just, I don't know. Not really much. It's going to be more for like fans of racing other than just it's, it's automotive based, but it's not just going to be like an informative automotive podcast and in in terms of like how cars work and operate, it's going to be more like just like shooting the shit and talking about different drama and rumors and news and updates and various results and stuff like that from some of the more popular forms of motorsports. So not really automotive but racing kind of so so like not how chris fixes it more like how chris broke it sure i don't know what you meant by that but okay we'll go with it (laughs) the uh, the youtube channel chris fix it it's uh it was a crappy joke for being honest anyway moving on what was the first topic uh first topic we have on our list here is the nascar season just ended not this past weekend but two weekends ago uh chase elliott won the final race of the season beating out the other three in the final four for the nascar playoffs so and he beat him pretty bad actually so good stuff this was jimmy johnson's uh last year yeah it was jimmy johnson and clint boyer and technically matt kenseth's last probably full-time race the last race of their full-time season slash possible NASCAR career. It's not 100% whether or not they'll ever be back in a NASCAR, but they will not be back in a full-time ride of any sort as of now. Matt Kens is the only one that's kind of not included in that because he could get signed to a team next year or this off season and be racing full-time next year. But Jimmy Johnson's going IndyCar racing with Chip Ganassi racing, I think, or is it Penske? One of the two. And uh, he's got he he's already he's only running the road he's only running the road courses for IndyCar though because he said in a couple of interviews that he doesn't feel the need to go over 200 miles an hour on an oval. IndyCars are fast as hell. Yeah, it's it's wild watching them. Like I was watching the race when Dan Walden crashed and died. That one was that was wild to watch because like the car literally got airborne and just like literally took off like a plane <laughs> head first into the fence for like 40 or 50 feet ball of flames. It was insane. I looked at my mom and I was like, dude, that guy just died. Like I, we were like, how old were, we were probably like, that was like 10 years ago now, nine years ago. We were like 14 or 15 when that happened. You realize it was, it was in 2011 because in 2012, Delara came out with the DW 12, which had a bunch of safety improvements. And then the most recent improvement was the they added windscreens that windscreens and kind of like a somewhat of a like a visor visor that visor with like a support system that like sits above the driver's head so that they if they were to take an impact to the top of the car it's not going to be their head taking the impact it's going to be that bar. I hate. Sorry, that was I just breathed right into the mic. A halo would be a better. Yeah, that's exactly what it's called. Actually, is the halo. I just couldn't think of the word to use. So, yeah, yeah, it uh, that 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 was a that was a wild wreck. That was that was pretty nasty. Uh, my mom was like, "No way," and I'm like, "Dude, I I just don't see anybody coming back from that." And you know, I mean, you were watching it. You know what happened? I know what happened. Uh, and you know, it was about time for some new, some further safety improvements as far as the halo. Uh, now you see it in F1, all the forms of F1 and, uh, really going up. And 
um, all sorts of new safety features and all sorts of, you know, safety features are always improving. There's always another place you can add another bar and there's always a new place to put a harness. And so it's nice to see um, how, I mean, you got to think about it, dude. Think about 50, 60 years ago, where was safety equipment at compared to how it is now? And you don't have to go back that far. You can literally go back to before Dale Earnhardt passed away. Before Dale Earnhardt, none of the drivers were wearing the Hans devices, which is Hans stands for head and neck restraint system. But that's what just started wearing them. But he he was one of the few people that wasn't wearing them because it wasn't mandatory. Correct. No, they didn't have any of that at all before when he crashed. He didn't have any of that. He didn't have any of that. One of the things that they were promoting was more of a. um, what is it called? Like, I think it was something, it was something with the seat, the seat. Some of the guys were running the like full containment seats where he was still running more of an open seat. And I mean, it's not like the full containment seat would have really helped him too much, but the, all of the head and neck restraint systems and the Hutchinson's device, Hutchinson systems and uh, all those kind of came into play after that all happened, just because it kept the neck from making abrupt movements it kept the neck from being put in weird, I don't know what you want to call it, like detrimental positions, basically. Yeah, detrimental positions when the car comes to an abrupt stop, aka hitting a wall at 200 miles an hour at Daytona. But yeah, that all that came about after Earnhardt passed away. And ever since that happened, a lot of the forms of motorsports have been, have tried to be more proactive than reactive. So, which is good. But obviously, you can't be proactive against everything because there's just freak accidents that happen and kind of bring up a point like, wow, never really thought about that happening before. And then when it does and they try to make something to prevent it from happening again. So, and the thing with the Dale Earnhardt crash is, is and everybody's talked about it a million times. I'm not going to dwell on it, but that really wasn't that bad of a crash. And to build on the whole topic with safety is you know, that's where we know safety was in, what was it, 2001 or two? 2001. Yeah, this said 2001. That's what I thought. Okay. Beginning of this year, was it February or March? First race of the season. One of the worst yeah, it was ever. Ryan Newman. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about, uh, yeah, actually. Well, yeah, that Dale Earnhardt wrecked in the Daytona 500. And then they had Ryan Newman this year wrecked pretty bad. I honestly thought that guy was also dead just because of the way NASCAR treated the situation, putting blue tarp over the car and not showing the car and putting up all of, like the tarps and stuff. So you couldn't see what they were doing to him in the car and not updating anybody. That was I mean, I mean, I, I you and I were up all night, basically, and that mofo walked out of the hospital the next day yeah, are you kidding me that was wild me? because we had there was i don't if if you didn't if you weren't paying attention during that time there was literally like it was literally radio silence other than the fact that he had been life flighted to halifax medical center and uh i think it's daytona, daytona beach like that was literally all we heard and then the next thing you know there was still no correspondence from nascar the next morning but then ryan newman posts a picture at like midday noon noon somewhere in there of literally him and his daughters walking out daughters, he's walking yeah. out barefoot to his car like he's gonna go drive home no they, i think they made him stay for one more day just to be like hey man like you got t-boned upside down airborne driver side 200 miles an hour front stretch you lost but we're gonna keep you overnight well you did you ever hear like speaking of safety advancements did you ever hear what saved his life yeah, I, and I think it was you. Uh, you and I, I think, had talked about it. It was the. It was called the Newman Bar. Yeah, the Newman the Bar. Cross, it's the crossbar that goes basically from like the the top center of the cage, top center front of the cage, uh, near the windshield, down towards the like basically bottom of the passenger door or something like that. It, the Newman Bar, if I, if I remember correctly, is a bar that runs. Uh, it's like two, it's technically it's one bar, but it's like bent. So it's welded to the bar that goes towards the top of the windshield. And then it kind of runs parallel with that windshield bar and then has two branches that come off to go to like the center brace for the roof. And then the driver's side, like hoop or whatever you want to call it that connects it. And it basically just adds more support because, uh, Ryan Newman, I, th- I think it was Ryan Newman or maybe it was Elliot Sadler. One of the two, uh, one of the two retro bad, and they, one of the things that they noticed when, after the wreck was that, that 
that upper hoop or whatever you want to call it wasn't very reinforced and it had actually bent during the crash and Ryan Newman started like kind of like a campaign inside NASCAR to try to get them to add that bar to the, make that bar mandatory just so it adds more rigidity to the frame up there. So if they do land on their land on the roof, that it's not just going to cave in. If I uh, hear, here in about a minute or so you want to check your uh, discord chat. I actually found an example of the Newman bar. Uh, and I see exactly what you're talking about. And it's crazy that the guy whose idea it was and the guy that fought for it, uh, it ended up saving his own life. And I mean, you can see that car crumple like a banana when it got hit. Are you like it got hit in the driver's side window? That guy's an animal. And uh, is did he did he finish keep raising the season or was that did he just like you know you know maybe I'll pull the plug for the season. We'll t- we'll just sit this one out. So the way the season worked this year with the coronavirus shutting everything down, uh, there was two races after that that they ran i t- two or three and ross chastain filled in for him so he would have missed more races because he wasn't cleared for a while because i think he did have a concussion and they weren't going to let him get back in because they just wanted to make sure that that all the swelling around his brain went down before they let him get back in and would get in another wreck uh god forbid they didn't want something else happening because of that so he would have been out a lot longer but since the coronavirus shut down, he literally only missed two races. And being that it was he, the only reason he missed those races was due to injury, NASCAR gave him a waiver. So he technically could have still won the championship this year. But, yeah, he kept racing. He raced all season. So, Absolute stand-up guy. Uh, legend. A lot of BDE, you know, festering off of that man. And, uh, yeah, lots of it. I, I am... I'm a, I'm a Ryan Newman fan for that. Uh, I mean, I was already a Ryan Newman fan, but I'm a Ryan Newman fan just because like he pulled out of that. And uh, that's pretty awesome. Moving on from Hold on, uh, on more on the fact of Ryan Newman. Like one of the things that I've never understood about Ryan Newman is he's almost forgotten about in a way because everybody's been talking about with Jimmy Johnson and Clinton Boyer retiring. They're like, Oh, it's the last of like that generation. But like everyone forgets that Ryan Newman's still racing for a long time. Yeah. Has been around nearly as long as if not longer than Jimmy Johnson and Clint Boyer. So I just think that's, I've always thought that was crazy how he's kind of overlooked. And I think that's due to the fact that he never really had like, a crazy season where he was winning a bunch or he just like every once in a while has like bursts of like good, good finishes and stuff like that. It's never a consistent thing like where he's running up front, but when he does run up front, he does it usually in pretty dominating fashion. He's usually like a sleeper. If you want to call it that. You remember in the early two thousands when Ryan Newman was driving the number two Bush light car and something happened and he rolled through the infield like 12 times or was it 12? I don't think he ever drove that car. Ryan Ryan Newman never drove that car. That was Rusty. Rusty Wallace drove it. And then it went right to uh, Brad Keselowski, I'm pretty sure. Give me one second. I'm going to look it up. Was it Kurt Busch? There's there's, I don't think it was Ryan Newman, but you can look it up. I don't think it was, but go ahead and look it up. 2003 Daytona 500. Uh, number 12 car, Ryan Newman. Yep. Yeah. So not the two car then. Not uh, I said two or 12. My bad. But yeah, it was the number the 12 car though. It was the all tall car. Dude. Same colors. Close enough. My apologies. But yeah, I, I do agree. Ryan Newman's been around for a long time and he never really did have one of those standout seasons like, like some of those other guys, but he has always been like a crowd favorite rather than like a fan favorite. You know what I mean? Like everybody just kind of likes Ryan Newman. But yeah, nobody is like, holy shit, Ryan Newman. Yeah. So, but let's get back on topic here. So next, uh, beginning January 1st of next year, uh, Kyle Larson becomes active to, to like partake in NASCAR activities basically. So, and what's kind of cool about what's wild about that is Hendrick Motorsports is always seen as like where like, like very old school, like the veterans race for them and stuff like that. But starting next year, I believe their average age of their drivers is like 26 or 25 or something crazy like that. Cause they got chase Elliott. Who's like, I think literally our age, like 24. Then there's, uh, uh, William Byron who literally just turned 21. I'm pretty sure 22. 
Kyle Larson's 28, and I think Alex Bowman is 25. So literally guys that are our age racing NASCAR are making probably tens, $10 million a year, I'd imagine, just racing NASCAR. I don't realize Chase Elliott was our age. Yeah, yeah little, it's, he, he's about a year older than us. He, he just turned still, 25. Five. He's about to turn 25 in like two weeks. But yeah, he's our, yeah, he's our age. Um, yeah, so it'll be pretty cool seeing Kyle Larson come back. I know in uh, a previous attempt at a podcast, we really dove you know, way in depth about Kyle Larson. I don't really want to do it again. Yeah, I don't, I don't, we don't, we don't know. I think everybody, if you have any idea of motorsports or anything like that around NASCAR, you pretty have, you have a pretty good idea of what the whole situation is surrounding Kyle Larson. So we really don't need to get into that, but I do think it's cool. All the different things he's done to kind of make better on that and what he did. So that's kind of cool. I've always been a Kyle Larson fan because he started in dirt and I've always been a big dirt racing fan. So it's, kind of cool to get to root for somebody that started where i've grew up and watched and literally lived for 20 years of my life so i think it'll be cool to see him go out hopefully he kicks ass next year and doesn't kind of like makes up for lost time in a way i uh very much agree i think he has proved himself uh to be honorable and to own his mistakes and to come back from them and uh i'm excited to see where he goes uh, moving forward, especially with his successful career uh, on dirt in various series uh, this year. Uh, moving on again, what do you think of the Gen 7 car? Because I'm not going to lie, I love it. I think it is probably one of the best cars that they have came out with since, I mean, in a long, long time. I, I think it looks nice. I I The whole like one the single lug nut thing has thrown people kind of for a loop because nascar has always kind of been like the full like five lug nut type thing like your standard car usually so it'll be interesting to see how that works and i mean it's probably not gonna be that much different other than pit stops are gonna get quicker but other than that i, I like the look of the car it looks really nice we're looking at a picture right now uh i think it looks nice the i just hope that they make the car the packages along with the car i hope they make them more exciting and like harder to drive because right now nascar has kind of got this idea that less horsepower is better and makes better racing but in my opinion that doesn't always seem to be the best because if you look back like if you look back even 10 years or whatever when they were running the car tomorrow it had tons of horsepower but like that looked ugly as shit but it produced some of the best racing they ever had and most exciting racing where now it's like the freaking race at Phoenix last week for the season finale. The only passing that was even really done minus a few, maybe a few passes was all restarts. So if there wasn't a restart. Basically everybody just ran single file and there wasn't any passing. So it kind of made it for a boring race where if they had more horsepower, they become a little harder to drive. You have a lot more driver mistakes and it puts a lot more in the driver's hands to, make the race exciting and they actually have to drive the car. It's not like a, they're not just holding the steering wheel. They actually have to drive it and put it in the right place and make it work where now they kind of just out there for like a Sunday drive in a way. Yeah. And the thing, the thing with like, you know, with what you're kind of getting at is the car tomorrow had all of the arrow and whatnot, you know, it was supposed to stand out to the younger crowd and then moving on to the last couple of years, the Roval was introduced. And now I'm, you know, I'm we're younger and you know, they're trying to appeal to the younger crowd. You know, everybody has the stigma. Well, everybody can make a left turn. Ha ha, whatever. There's a lot more to it than that. And we all get that, but you know, the new car has, you know, different arrow. It's got new wheels. You know, it's not five lug, you know, it's a little bit more advanced. They're kind of dabbling into the next generation of stuff, which is why it's called, you know, it's the next gen car. And they're trying to get away from things like you just said, where, you know, everybody's running single file. That's what the Roval was trying to do is to kind of stir up the pot a little bit. You know, they want it to be more skill-based. It's going to come down to the drivers a little bit more than just the cars, but the cars in a sense are a little bit more capable of doing more. So I think you're going to see, that's why like the, the teaser video of uh, Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. testing the car. That's why it's on a road course. It's not on an oval these cars are going to be a little bit more capable of doing the road courses. They're not going to drive themselves as much, you know, horsepower is not going to be quite as important as, you know, how the car is set up as far as suspension and arrow. Uh, you know, I don't know if the arrow is going to be adjustable between cars, if everybody's got to run the same stuff, but 
at any rate, it's going to come down to a little bit more driver skill. And that's going to be a lot more exciting for everybody. And I think everybody's going to like it. And I think a lot of the older crowd that's pretty set, you know, been watching NASCAR for 30 years. I think they're going to watch it a few times. They're going to like it. They're still going to be oval racing, but I think they're going to like what they see with the next gen. And I think everybody, you know, the younger crowd as well as the older crowd is going to really enjoy this car. The one thing that's crazy that NASCAR has never done with, uh, the top top like cup series cars is they've never had a um fiber or not fiber what's the word i'm looking for it's never been a composite body it's always been uh metal or steel bodies so their goal with this was hopefully making it a little bit cheaper another thing they're doing too is instead of having all of the teams make their own bodies and stuff like that all of the pieces and parts and chassis are made by a third party and all of the pieces and parts they look different from car to car because they're trying to like the pictures we're looking at right now is just as literally a mish mix match of different car like stuff. So the aerodynamic packaging right now is not going to be what it is. Each car is going to look very similar. It's going to have very similar body lines to the, like the consumer car but all of the downforce is going to equal out to the same. So they'll have all the same attributes, but they just will have different, uh, what do you want to call it? They'll just, they'd look different, but they're going to act and perform the same. And it, what, it, what the whole idea behind this car was to make it easier for smaller teams to compete with the big teams, because if, if they're having a third party make the, make the products, then you don't have to have a team spend millions and millions of dollars doing research and development, wind tunnel time and all that stuff just to make a, just to make a car go around the track where right now every team has to really make their own bodies or they have to lease a car or buy a car from one of the other uh, bigger teams to run on Sunday where now they can kind of do their own. They can, each team can kind of go buy the car and then they can put their own setups on it and they don't have to worry about all the research and development and all the money that a big team might have, but a small team doesn't have. So I think that'll be interesting to see if it makes it easy. If you see a lot more smaller teams trying to get in, um, I think it'd be cool to see. I wish NASCAR would get rid of the whole, like you're automatically in. If you're one of the big teams, I wish they would make it so that the drivers actually have to race their way in. And it's not just a given that they're going to be in the, in the race. I think that would provide for a lot more excitement throughout the weekend from qualifying to the end of the race. Because if you get to the point where a bunch of small teams can get in there, you could get a small team that's only going to say run the small tracks like Martinsville, Bristol, and stuff like that. They can go out there and win a race, but they don't have to spend all the money for a full season. I think that'd be really cool to see. So we'll see if something like that happens. It's yet to be seen. The Gen 7 car was supposed to come out this year or next year, but since the coronavirus, it kind of delayed all the testing and research and stuff like that. So they, they, pushed it off to 2022 just to give teams more time to switch over and not put a bunch of financial burden of, of making everybody switch over to the new car this year when they've already either a lost sponsorship dollars or just have had a lot of financial hardships due to the coronavirus. So we'll see. There's a couple teams that are, have already said they're starting up, but they won't have a car on track until 2022. So that kind of brings us into our next point. The, Michael, did you hear about the Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin team for it's called the team name is going to be 2311 racing. They're going to have Bubba Wallace drive. It's going to be a Toyota. So, and it's kind of weird that they're getting into racing this next year in 2021. And then in 2022, got to completely switch everything around for the new gen seven car. So that'll be interesting to see how all that works out because that's kind of a big undertaking. Yeah, it's kind of, it's cool that they're, you know, uh, it's Michael Jordan, man. Everybody knows Michael Jordan as far in the sports community. Uh, he's a legend, but he's really been dabbling into every sport, making things for every sport, you know, as far as footwear, uh, you know, a, you know, athletic clothing, things like that. And it's really cool to see him kind of try to get in. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but you may, some people may not notice, but Air Jordan, the brand makes fire suits because Denny Hamlin's had Air Jordan fire suits and fire like racing gloves and all kinds of stuff and shoes for like the last like five or six years, I think it was. So they, yeah. So it'll be cool to see what 
what they do with it. I know they've already in some of the interviews they've done, they've said they've literally have more businesses coming to them with sponsorships and they have cars and races for them to sponsor. So I think you'll, I think, I don't think it'd be out of the question to see a second or third car even being added. Uh, Denny Hamlin actually posted on his Instagram story yesterday of like small snippets of uh, blueprints for their shop and their like facility that they're building that I think will, I don't know if it'll be ready for next year, but definitely 2022. But in the, in the plans, they have four crew chief offices and they have four hauler bays. So that right there should tell you that their plan is for four cars at some point. And my guess is they're probably going to have at least one car next year, maybe two, and then possibly even four for 2022 when the new car comes out. But we'll see how that goes. It'd be, it'd be a good for Toyota because they have, currently have more drivers and talent than they have like spots for them to drive. So I think another team that opens up with the Toyota brand and manufacturer support would be good for them because they're, they waste a lot of money putting, they put money into people that they don't have a spot for them in the, the higher forms because the drivers they currently have in the cup series are just leaps and bounds better than the ones that are currently currently in like what you want to call it like on deck to come up and come up through the ranks. So we'll see what that happens. We'll see what happens with that. But I think it's cool to see another team like that. It's especially cool to see Michael Jordan come into NASCAR because you wouldn't, if you would have told me five years ago that Michael Jordan was going to own a team, I would have thought you were crazy just because didn't seem, it doesn't seem like something he'd want to get into. Just, I don't know. You totally cut off my entire thought and tangent to it. That's all right. It happens. It's all right. Yeah. It's cool to see him try to get into something different. Um, like I said, he makes all sorts of athletic apparel and to see him get into something that is totally off the wall compared to what he normally does is really cool. Uh, it's cool to see Denny Hamlin getting involved with that too. Um, and what you were saying about how it's kind of unfortunate for them because, you know, the next gen car was supposed to come out next year. Now it's not. And so they're going to be running, you know, the standard car next year. But then the year after that, they're going to have to redo their whole setup again. Like they're going to be learning. They're going to next year is going to be a whole learning curve for them. You know, granted, Danny Hamlin's, on, you know, an owner. So he already knows what he's doing. Bubba Wallace is already a driver. He has an idea what he's doing. It's going to be a whole new team for the most part. And so it's not going to be as much of a learning curve, but it's going to be a learning curve nonetheless. And then it's going to be a whole new ball game. The thing they got going for them though is 2022. It's a new ball game for everybody. So it's just next year. It, it, you know, there's only going to be so much that they can take into the transition into the new car. It'll be cool. Um, I would love to see them do well. I would love to see, you know, I would love to see that car do well. It's going to be cool. Uh, it'll be really exciting to see how they do. Um, side note. And I know we already talked about this. I, love the wheels that they have on this car. It's great. It's a higher, you know, it's a bigger wheel, lower profile tire. Uh, you know, that way they have a better setup for road course stuff. Uh, they'll be just as good for um, oval stuff. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how the cars handle. Cause there's definitely going to be things. There's definitely, I, I definitely think there's going to be things that don't work as well with the new car on a big oval, uh, like, like super speedway stuff. I, I am interested to see on how these lower profile tires uh, can handle the heat um, and, you know, the stress from these, the big super speedways. That's going to be, you know, that's going to be interesting. Cause you, know, you think about it, even, even like Indy cars have a higher, like a pretty big sidewall for those kind of, that kind of racing. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. It'll be kind of cool, but I, you know, Moving on from NASCAR, uh, what do you what are your predictions for uh, Formula D next weekend? Is the you know it's a doubleheader, obviously because of COVID, uh, the shortened schedule. But Formula D next week weekend, Irwindale, uh, in California. What do you you got any predictions? How do you you know who do you think is going to shine? Who do you think's not? Go. I don't know. I think you'll still see the normal people do well. I don't really think you're going to see anything too crazy. Um, be interested to see what Adam LZ does. He's been progressive. He's been progressing each, each round. He's, he's, uh, progressively. Yeah, better, yeah. 
he's progressively gotten better in every round he's participated in this year with with being in uh, pro one. So I think it'll be interesting to see what he does there just because, I mean, he's kind of following the same progression that he had last year in pro two. I mean, every, every round he got significantly better where the final round he finished on the podium. So it'll be interesting to see if he's able to do the same thing. I believe he got top four last time or last, last one. Fourth. Yeah, he got fourth last time around. So I think it'll be interesting to see if he can improve that or what he does. Um, it's kind of cool to see his progression because we went from watching him on YouTube, just literally driving any event all across the country to now he's last year went pro two. And now this year is literally in the top form of drifting that there is in the world. So and he is being competitive. And that's a that's a big yeah. thing with that. Um, and it, I, I kind of disagree where you said, uh, you know, we'll see a lot of the same big, you know, the same people on the podium because it, it's not this whole year is a little different because we just went from three years straight of James Dean winning and uh, Peter Visick being on the podium every time, basically, as well to now neither of them are in. And so now you're thinking, well, it's going to be, you know, uh, Frederick Osbo. Well, he's, you know, he's doing good, but he's not doing great. He's not winning everything. Okay. Now you are seeing a lot of Ryan Turk back up there. You're seeing a lot of Chris Forsberg back up there. Some, you know, they've been driving for a long time, especially Chris Forsberg. And he just won. Well, he won the second round of, of, uh, I think it was Texas. Uh, I do agree. Uh, LZ is just on a, a, a mad path. Like every, every single round he is doing leaps and bounds better. That's really cool. So it would be really cool to see him finish on a podium at least. Uh, I don't know if he has what it takes to win one. Um, I, th- I think the the nerves will get to him. I hope not, but I, I think they will. Uh, so I'm sure you'll see a veteran on the podium, or, uh, you know, for first. But it'll be cool to see how it goes. I'm very interested in uh, seeing how that goes. It'll be really cool. That's one thing that's always kind of cool. I think that one thing that's a little different from most forms of motorsports is like FD is so wide open. Like you could literally be, you could literally not even make top 16 one week and then next week, the next, or like this year, I guess it'd be the next day or next round. You could literally freaking win it. Like it's literally just that it's like crazy things happen. Cars fail, stuff like that. You could literally just have the like run of your lap, run of your life or the lap of your life. And then literally just keep progressing and just have good momentum going with you and the team. And it's, it's crazy. Like it's, it's different from most forms because like in other forms of racing, like usually like a couple teams will kind of get like on their game and then they kind of stay on their game all season long where drifting, you could literally be on your game one weekend and then be completely off the next round. So I think it'll be interesting to see if something does change. I'd love to be wrong and hope that it's not the same few drivers up on top because I think that'd make for a more interesting product for people watching, but I guess we'll see. I'll we'll have to watch that next weekend because I've haven't watched any of the rounds. I've I've watched like replays of them, but I've never watched them. I haven't watched any live this year, so we might have to do that this year. Or not this year, this weekend coming up. So I've watched a few of the rounds uh, this year so far. Uh and I've been liking what I see. And I'm not gonna lie. I, I kind of like the double header uh, weekend. I, you know, I like, I like seeing everybody go to it, say on, on uh, Friday and uh, seeing what they do, how it all pans out. But then I like how on Saturday it's the same track, nothing's really changed, but everybody's kind of learned from it. You know, the people that get knocked out early on Friday, they spend the rest of the day watching the guys that are still competitive, you know, compete seeing where the weak points are, seeing what, you know, the guys that are still leading need to do and what they're doing. And the next day, those guys that went out in the top, you know, 16, top eight, they're seeing what the guys that are in the top four, top two are doing. And then Saturday rolls around. They're like, okay, it's game time. They're applying the same things that they just spent. You know, they got knocked out early Friday, watched the rest of it. Saturday, they're taking what they watched and they're applying it. So now, you got the guys that went out early on Friday, really banging doors and competing with the guy, those guys that, you know, won on and podiumed on Friday. And so that really mixes it up. I, I you know, Friday's all, I mean, it, watching racing is cool, you know, on Friday, but Saturday I think is really where it shines because you see it's a little bit, to me, it seems like it's a little bit more competitive. Everybody already it's because you get regular practice, but now everybody's had Friday, like, They've had an actual event of practice where it's competitive. Now there's a little bit of fire under their ass. 
And that's where it's pretty cool. So especially Irwindale. Irwindale is always a riot. Everybody loves Irwindale. Crazy things happen. It's fast. It's dangerous. You know, that wall is gnarly. We'll see how it goes. Um, We'll definitely see how it goes and we'll watch it. I have this weekend off, Tate, so maybe we'll make a thing of it because that'd be kind of fun. Um, See, you added the Jim Connor file. I'm not sure what that is. I haven't heard anything about that. What's that? Okay. Uh, I got something in my eye. I'm sorry. Jim Connor files. So, Jim Connor files are, it's like, it's like a movie behind the movie. Uh, obviously, you know what, like, Jim Connor is, right? With like Ken Block. Yeah, I know what Jim Connor is. So, is it basically just like a behind the scenes and like the filming of that? So for like the last few things, uh, for like the last few episodes of Jim Connor, like I think it was like seven through ten, uh, they had an alternate camera crew on the backside filming a documentary for uh, Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime, and it's been pretty great. And uh, I, you know, I kind of slept on it. I realized that Amazon Prime movies, and I started watching it a couple days ago. And I'm not gonna lie. It's fantastic. It is super cool. Uh, it shows you everything, uh, you know, how the production goes, issues they're having with the car, you know, issues they're having with, with doing certain stunts, uh, problems with uh, how they're, you know, getting permits with cities and law enforcement, this, that, this, that. It's all the details that you never really see. Now you and I have hosted a few different types of events, you know, in the last five or six years. So like, you know, I have an idea of it, but this is a much larger scale in, in also in different cities, different countries on different, in different continents. It's, it's crazy. Um, and honestly, like if, if you've ever watched any of the Jim Connor videos, I very, very much recommend watching the Jim Connor files. It's crazy. Uh, you, you know, you know what Pike's Peak is? Yeah. Okay. Okay, you ever heard of Evo Corner where that the Evo went off the corner a couple of years ago, went flying down the side of a cliff? I know that. Okay. I know the corner. Okay. Okay, so there's that iconic photo of uh, Ken Block shooting, he, you know, dirt dropping, shooting rocks off the side of the mountain. You know the photo I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. It shows you the whole behind the scenes thing. He was petrified of doing it. Didn't want to do it. Didn't want to do it at all. I don't blame him at all. <laughs> Dude, that was his second take. He did it in two takes. The first one was like he just did a little, little quick power slide, little. Uh, that was all. Apparently, that morning he had walked. He had been walk. Went out there, walked the corner, got like ten times. He said, and you see it because they got a camera crew out there filming the behind the scenes documentary. He built a little, probably foot tall tower of just little stones that were on the cliff, on the edge, and. In in the episode of this particular episode, it like it has all of the footage and him talking. He comes into the corner way, way, way too hot. Kicks it sideways, realizes he's going too fast, and dude, he lets it eat. In the in like the in-car footage, like the GoPros that were on his helmet, he's yelling, shit, 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 shit. And uh, dude, it, it it's crazy. Like he like it's really cool. There was a lot, it was, there was a lot more to it than I thought there was going to be. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I recommend everybody watch it. There's a lot to it and it's kind of touching because it's kind of the end of the Ken block, Jim Kana series. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, Ken, yeah, Ken block, uh, actually passed the torch to, uh, Travis Pastrana. Travis Pastrana is in the process of filming the next, uh, Jim Kana. That's cool. The car is crazy. Car is it's, it? it's a, it's, that's yeah, baby. That's all I'm saying. It, it's cool. It's uh, it, it's it's cool that it did, they did go back to a Subaru. Um, for me at least. But the car is the car is gnarly. Uh, there's already some leaked footage of some some stunts they've done. Uh, in Maryland, I think it was jumping a uh, like a, a canal with a uh, a cigar uh, cigar boat going under it. Um, so it's gonna be cool to see where uh the series goes with um Travis Pastrana at the helm. We'll see. We'll see. Um. Yeah, if you haven't watched uh, Jim Connor Files, it's on uh, Amazon Prime TV or movies, whatever it is. Uh, I just, if you like any of the Jim Connor videos, just watch it. You'll enjoy it. Uh, it's fantastic. And it's a lot of the behind the scenes things that you would have never really even thought about. 
Uh, and you really get to kind of see who is who and how, what all goes into making them happen. But uh, that's about all I have for that. Yeah, I think we should wrap up. We've almost been going an hour, so we'll try to keep this one a little bit shorter since it's the first episode. Uh, Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll be posting any new episodes we publish or just breaking news, race results, and anything else going on on in motorsports uh, across all forms, dirt racing, road course. Literally, you name it. You name the type of motorsports, we'll probably be posting about it. Just... Crazy things that have happened, videos, highlights, results, just really anything along those lines. So make sure you follow us on all those platforms. Uh, and uh, if you have a, po- we're going to try to be on all the popular podcast platforms. So if there's one that you want us to be on that you use all the time and it's more convenient, let us know what that is and we'll try to make that happen. Uh, I know right now it's pretty easy for us to be on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and I think Stitcher Podcast right now. Um, I know Apple podcast takes a little bit longer because they don't just let anyone post on there. You actually have to be like, they actually have someone at Apple, like verify it. So that one might take a little bit longer, but we're going to try to get that worked out. We'll probably be posting audio, the audio on YouTube as well. Uh, for those that use YouTube a lot. Um, right now it's just an audio podcast, but it may become a video podcast on the road. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I think as of now, I think it's going to be, it's going to be fun to talk about all this stuff because there's right now it's going to be a little bit harder because it'd be an off season, but there's still plenty of news and there are some racing going on like formula D is still going on. I know you stack midgets and sprint cars are still going on. And then there's some other racing in other parts of the world, like Australia, New Zealand, that they're going to actually going to do some dirt racing this fall or not fall this winter. So we'll have some results from that. And there's always some crazy stuff going on over there with all the Australians. So, Oh yeah, we'll definitely, we'll definitely be on top of uh, watching a lot of this stuff because it's cold here. We can't get, go watch the racing live and we'll get to, you know, watch it in other places. So it'll be cool. Um, I think this was a pretty good start. What do you think? Yeah, I, I do. I didn't think we'd go for an hour tonight, but we did. So took us longer. It took us like Donovan said, almost two weeks to come up with a f- stupid name for this podcast just because we're so picky, but we finally yeah. got one we think will work. So who knows? It may change. It may stick. Who knows? We'll see what happens. And it took us an hour, and a, like an hour and a half this evening alone to really to lock one in. And I think we came up with a pretty decent one and I'm not going to say it's not subject to change, but right now I think it's, I think it's what we're going to go with. Uh, this has been fun. It always is fun when we try to do these. And I think this was a pretty good one. Uh, yeah, I think this is a pretty good one. Uh, well, that's all from me. Uh, my name's Donovan. Thank you for listening. Uh, this is Tate. My name's Tate. There it is. There it is. All right. Thank you guys. Have a fantastic day.